Well, hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World at War Comics, and I am so excited about this next guest. Um, but before we get into that, hit that subscribe button. Make sure that you hit that ring bell. That way you're notified at all of our interviews. Um, and I want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Cienchilis.com, C-I-E-N-C-H-I-L-E-S.com. Cien Chili's the best hot sauce you will ever buy in your life. I promise you. And when you go to Cienchilis.com and at checkout, you could put in comics and save 15% off your total order. So an amazing opportunity for you to try this hot sauce. I promise you, you're going to love it. I use it all the time. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Comic Crusaders, the best in comic book reviews. They do comic book reviews, music reviews, movie reviews. They even do interviews of some of the top talent in comic books. So go to ComicCrusaders.com. All right, without further ado, I, like I said, I'm so excited about this next guest. Um, if you are a huge Spawn fan, you will know that Todd McFarlane just announced a bunch of different titles that will be launched in 2024. And one of those titles is Rat City. This is a futuristic spawn. And he has tapped Erica Schultz to be the writer for this um, comic book. And I am so excited to be able to have her on the show to talk about that process, talk about the excitement of Rat City, talk about the, the process of writing and creating and developing um, the partnership with Che, the, the artist who is on this. Um, this comic book is going to be so amazing. Erica is incredible. You're going to love this interview. Without further ado, here's Erica and I talking about Rat City, the new comic coming from Spawn in 2024. Enjoy, everybody. Well, hello, everyone. This is World at War Comics. I am Tommy, and my special guest today, Erica Schultz. Thank you, Erica, for joining. Um, you probably already know her if you've read anything from ASM or Marvel or Moon Knight, the What If series that just came out. Um, obviously, you have a long career in comics, Erica, that I would love to jump into. But uh, how are you today? Let's start there. <laughs> we're doing okay. Uh, we're, right. uh, you know, hanging in like just like everybody else. I know. I know. I think we're all trying to figure things out. So I, know. Uh, I think it's a good place to be. Well, Erica, I'm really excited to have you on. Obviously, big news dropped in the Spawn world um, and that you'll be taking over Rat City, which is sounds phenomenal. But before we get into that, I thought it would be really cool just to kind of go way back and figure out how you got into comics, um, what your passion is around there, and then just kind of work a little bit through your history because you know, doing a little bit of research that I did, Erica, you've done quite a bit in comics, and I think everyone needs to know that. Yeah, I've uh, I've kind of been all over the place. Um, in terms of how I got into comics, I have an older brother, and um, mm -hmm. I used to read, you know, whatever he came back with the from the spinner rack, which at the time was uh, Claremont and Byrne mm -hmm. or Claremont and Lee, um, yeah. Jim Aparo on Batman. Yeah. Um, you know, really like what a lot of people look at as like classics and like formative kind of uh kind of books. Yeah. So I mean, I I grew up mostly on the big two and. Obviously, this was before Image even came about, but right. it wasn't until college in the late, you know, mid to late 90s that a friend of mine had really said, you know, you should check out this, like, yeah. you know, Spawn and some of the, you know, Wildcats, and some of the other Image titles and stuff. And it was like, oh, wow, like it's superhero, but it's a different type of superhero. And I thought that that was kind of an interesting take because, you know, mm -hmm. all these superhero stories, I mean, they're all archetypal stories and stuff. So I thought that was an interesting take. Um and yeah, you know, I just when I um, 
when the Justice League cartoon and the uh, uh, X-Men Evolution came out, it just really reignited my love for, uh, you know, Marvel and DC uh, characters. And, um, you know, and I started picking up comics again. And it was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a lot of fun. And that's when they were doing like Ultimates, like when the Ultimate Universe first came out. um, Right. Uh, with Marvel and and DC was doing a lot of experimentation and stuff. And it was, I mean, it was just really interesting. I've always mm-hmm. loved visual storytelling in general. And I think that that's like just a really great way to, you know, you read a novel and you have like a, a, an image in your head and then you, you realize that it's not what the, the, the novelist, the author was really looking at. But when you right. see a comic, it all comes together and you know yes there's still imagination between those panels but it, it sort of gives you uh, a head start on what yeah. on, on what's really happening so i mean I, I love the medium it's a great medium yeah for sure i mean i spend a lot of money and me and my wife have sit downs quite often about the amount of money i spend on comics so i i certainly uh, follow that i love it as well um, as far as comics go, once you started getting into comics, where did that passion for like writing come from and storytelling? Was that kind of early on um, before comics or did you find that love when you were reading comics? Um, I always loved, like I always wrote and drew when I was a kid. Like I yeah. would, you know, write short stories and all kind. I mean, I think every kid kind of did that. And um, I was an English major in college. So even though my major was mostly literature, we still had to take creative writing courses and such just, you know, part of the curriculum. So, I mean, you know, just writing stories is something that's always pretty much come naturally to me. And when I first when I got my first job out of college, uh, I was working at an ad agency Mm -hmm. and I was originally working as an assistant and as an assistant that you're basically a catch all. So, Um, you know, we've got this 15 second commercial that nobody wants to do throw it, you know, you write it, Erica, or, you know, you storyboard it. And, and so I was doing storyboarding. I was, I was writing, I was doing a little bit of everything. And, um, when I, when I finally got promoted, I was the first promoted as a copywriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sort of laterally moved me as an art director. So I was doing storyboarding and such. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, stupid to say, but it is the truth. You know, advertising is in and of itself a visual medium, sure, you know, yeah. in terms of, you know, storytelling and such. Good point. Because yeah. you're you're telling a story to get somebody to buy a product. Yeah, I mean, yeah. capitalism at its finest kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. but, <laughs> but I mean, but that's the thing is you're getting yeah. you're trying to tell a story that allows the the person watching this to say, hey, that's something that I relate to. This is a product that I want to buy. Right. Um, so whereas it was sort of like a soft launch for me, that's sort of, you know, where I was, you know, professionally doing um uh, visual storytelling and then after um after I got laid off because everybody got laid off in like 27 2007 2008 <laughs> yeah. um I reached out to uh, a studio that we had been working with uh, yeah. a studio called continuity studios and I said you know hey I'm looking for work and they said well that's great because we just got this huge project and we're looking for warm bodies mm. so um I jumped on and that project was the astonishing x-men motion comic Oh, wow. uh, gifted uh, that which was the first six issues of that um, John Cassidy Joss Whedon run oh, wow. um, and so we were doing you know we were doing digital art we were you know uh, we were doing animation all this stuff and mm-hmm. um, 
And I really just, you know, I, I went to the studio and I stayed there for, you know, eight years almost. <laughs> um, and while I was there, you know, we, we worked on the astonishing X-Men, but then we were working on Batman Odyssey and oh, wow. coming of the Superman and the first X-Men and um, all of these other comic books. And I, I finally got to see the other side of, yeah. you know, not going to the shelf as a consumer and getting the mm -hmm. book, but seeing the real, the ins and outs of what it takes to actually make it. And, and, and even the minutia of like lettering and, yeah. you know, and all this other stuff. So, I mean, and I was doing everything from digital backgrounds to color assists to oh, inking wow. on boards, um, you know, ran the gamut. And, uh, and I really got my education there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I decided, you know, maybe I should start looking into this as opposed to just sort of writing stories and notebooks and then putting them away, maybe I can yeah. look into translating some of those stories into comics. Mm -hmm. yeah. And one of the other artists at the studio was a man named Vicente Alcazar. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had written a story like a, an espionage type story called M3. And, uh, and I pitched it to him and I, I, sent, I showed him the script. And he came back a couple of days later and he's like, I really like this. Let's do this. Uh, so we did M3. Uh, we put it out ourselves. Um, and it took us about three and a half, four years, but we did 12 issues. So two full story arcs. And then once that book was out, that sort of became my portfolio piece because an artist can go to an editor and show them a portfolio and the editor can flip through pages. As a writer, you have to really make a book. So I got that into editor's hands at around 2012 and uh, I didn't hear anything from anybody uh, for a couple of years. And then I got a call from an editor at Marvel saying, and back in like 2014, 2015 saying, hey, uh, this, you know, old graphic novel just dropped on my desk and uh, we'd love for you to work on an, an OGN for a TV show because Marvel and ABC both owned by Disney. So I was like, oh, okay. And that was my, that was my first paid job was, you know, writing this uh, graphic novel, which was a prequel to a TV show that had been out for a couple of years. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, great. I got Marvel work. And then I never heard from them for like four years <laughs> after that. So so I mean everybody's like oh you're an overnight success I'm like mm, I've been at this a while um so yeah so I didn't hear it from Marvel until like 2018 again and in the meantime I was doing uh, some work with uh Dynamite and a couple of smaller IPs and such um and then I was like oh cool I got a Daredevil one shot like now I'm now I'm really in the mix and then I didn't hear anything from Marvel again for another three four years <laughs> so so it's it's fits and starts it's fits and starts um but yeah i mean you know i i've always loved the medium i i love telling stories uh i love bringing characters whether they're new characters or old characters like bringing them to new audiences and such and um i mean it's it's a hell of a thing to be like what do you do oh well you know i write comic books i write stories about people jumping around rooftops in their pajamas yeah <laughs> you know, shooting webs out of their hands and stuff, so. I can't hear you.
How about now, Eric? Oh, I got you now. Yes. I okay. my, uh, yeah, so much for paying all this money for this thing. <laughs> it weighs well, like 400 pounds and does nothing. <laughs> well, it's like the, I have the, I mean, you can cut all this out, but I, yeah. I have the Bluetooth headphones that, yeah. you know, the expensive Bluetooth headphones. And like the second I walk, a foot outside of this room yeah. they cut out i was like what's the point i know i have a cord on it right exactly. uh, this happened yes i haven't had a problem and i've had it for about five months and then all of a sudden it's just anyways uh crazy 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 <laughs> figures right right when i'm in an interview of course of course <laughs> uh i forgot where we were at eric to be quite honest but uh um i think we we're just going back and forth i feel like with marvel i mean that's got to be exciting to get the opportunities but then heart-wrenching that you get this opportunity you don't hear anything for two years you get this opportunity you don't hear anything for three years i yeah. mean how do you manage that emotionally i mean it seemed like you you made up your mind like okay now i am actually in comics and then it was kind of brought to you and taken brought to you taken i mean that's got to be miserable i mean one of the i will say that one of the good things about being about having so many um experiences in comics in terms of writing, lettering, editing, you know, doing backgrounds, et cetera, is that when the writing work wasn't coming in, I yes. was then lettering books or oh, I was editing books and things like that. Yeah. And so I was, I was remaining in the area. It just wasn't, Hey, we need this script. Yeah. And it would be, you know, like you get a one shot here from dynamite or you get, you know, like a, you know, a 10 page short from right. or an eight page short from Vertigo or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was mostly like, OK, well, you know, I'm still, you know, the editors still have me in their inbox because I'm lettering something or I'm editing something for them. Yeah. Um, and so it was just sort of like maintaining in that orbit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And and I think that that and that was important. Also, I mean, I'm I guess I'm just too damn stubborn. To, <laughs> I to love it. Yeah, I love it. You know what you want. Well, I mean, most I mean, most people would be like, well, if I didn't get a call back from a company for two, three years, I would just give up. And I'm like, yeah, but I really want it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to give up. Yeah, yeah. And I also found that the second that I I throw my hands up and say, fine, I, I'm over. I'm done. It, you know, that's it. I'm done is within 24 hours something comes along you know as if as if the universe is telling me this yes this is what you're supposed to be doing yeah well, you know as bizarre as that sounds no no i think that's pretty awesome and it seems like you're getting so much like well-rounded experience throughout the entire process that maybe like a chief editor role is in your future or something because you've almost done everything right I mean, I don't know. I mean, um, there's a graphic novel that came out earlier this year. Um, it was uh, July, August is when it came out called Paper Planes from uh, yeah. Maverick. Um, yeah. And I was very lucky to be able to edit that book. Oh, okay. And I worked with Jenny Wood and Dozer, two phenomenal creators. And if I never edit another book in my entire life, yeah. I'm fine because we're so proud of that book. Oh, yeah. Um, and if, and you know, 
at this point, if, if I ever retire from writing, maybe I will go back to teaching or go to editing or whatever. But um, at this point, I think I still have a couple more stories I want to tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you'll be telling some stories for a while <laughs> with all the yeah, We'll see. We'll Can see. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it sounds amazing. So I, I'm really excited about Rat City. But before we get to Rat City, I yeah. saw that you actually worked um, with the Kubert School of Art. Yes. Um, Can I I, you how you got involved with that? Because I've actually interviewed Emma Kubert and, you know, the Kubert family has meant so much to comics for so long. Oh, I just, yeah. They're like the first family of comics. You. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had uh, Anthony Marks, who is the uh, president of the school. He's also an alum of the school. Okay. Um, he was an editor at Dynamite and he mm -hmm. was my editor on uh, Charmed. And oh, so... After Charmed had come out, we had hung out at a convention. I want to say it was like 2018, 2019. And he said, you know, the school, we're going through some changes at the school, but we'd really love to talk to you about maybe teaching writing. Oh, okay. And I thought, oh, okay, you know, we'll see. And uh, we had some meetings, we had some conversations, and um, and I just turned around and I said, sure. And so I, I taught... Uh, the writing class to the third year students, which is, it, um, it's a three-year school. Now they've actually just announced a fourth year uh, program that they're putting together. But at the time it was three years. So I was teaching the third year, like the seniors. Mm. And then um, I was teaching the second years, um, more like storyboarding, storytelling, mm -hmm. how to take a script and, and to visualize it and then, you know, pace it. Um, so it was sort of like your second year class was sort of prepping you for yeah. the third year class. Um, and I did that for for about two two and a half years, and uh, and I taught some of the online courses too, and it was interesting to see how you would hand the same script to a classroom between you know, my two or three classes. It'd be like thirty five people, and every single one of them would come back hmm. with a different angle, with a different take. Um, yeah. And it was just I thought that that was just a really interesting sort of exercise to see to sort of get uh, an insight and to see where everybody's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like an amazing experience. So that's pretty cool. You know, when you were going, I was kind of curious. So you did at least on ASM, right? I think you did the first 20 pages and there's a short story at the end. Yeah. You're not on like ASM regularly. And then no, you do like that's a Zeb 20... Wells. Yeah. Zeb yeah, Wells exactly. is writing I mean, when, ASM, yeah. When you're not writing ASM, right? Um, the regular ASM, and then you're called to do like an annual like this. Like, how do you prep for that? I mean, were you already reading ASM or do you have to go back and do some like that? That would be stressful for me to be put on a book that I haven't been on for, and then just do 20 pages. And then, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, that ASM book is actually, in my mind, it's kind yeah. of like Hollow's Eve number six. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I didn't, so even though I had been reading um, the Zeb Wells JRJR run, right? Um, I I got a couple of scripts ahead of time um, mm -hmm. just so I knew where things were going. Right. Um, for that, but the way when when I sat down with the editors on that because the Hollow's Eve editor is also the Spider Man editor, Nick Lowe and Kate McGee. Oh, okay. Um, and when I sat down with them we we sort of thought about it as okay well this is going to be kind of more like hollow's eve number six gotcha um yeah. so look at it you know and and issue number three of hollow's eve had spidey in it this was a yeah. little more instead of it being like 20 percent spidey 80s percent hollow's eve it was more of like a 
35, 40% spidey, yeah. 60 Hallow's Eve. So I, I just sort of added a little more spidey to it. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it it flows pretty quick because at the end of uh, Hallow's Eve 5 is when she basically tells Ben, like, I've got a plan. And then yeah, yeah. ASM annual is kind of her enacting that plan. that plan. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, very cool. I always wonder that when, when a writer comes in and just does a short thing and write, I, that would just be so stressful for me. But it sounds like you... Uh, with you doing the first five issues of Hall of Z, that makes yeah. a lot more sense. And then after reading this, it makes a lot more sense too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I did. Uh, so Saladin Ahmed and Aaron Cooter are doing Daredevil right now. Mm-hmm. And I had a meeting with Saladin because uh, he's going to be, because the Daredevil gang war that I'm writing right. is needs to flow with what he's writing for uh, that and what he and Aaron are doing for that. So right. we sort of, you know, had to sit down and like, I was taking notes. Okay. This is where your story's going. Where right. can I find a way to fit, you know, and sort of weave within that story. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I would think that that kind of collaboration would need to take place. Right. So that, that way the reader, like me, as I'm going into it, right. I'm that whole universe is starting to make sense. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Now to uh, Rat City, if that's okay. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, that's fine. The character looks so badass. I mean, he looks absolutely amazing. The artwork looks incredible. Just from the little snippets that have been kind of shared by either you, um, uh, Z, or... Uh, uh, Jay. Oh, is it Jay? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Jay, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, some both of you have kind of did a, that one snippet where it kind of shows him with his mask on, mask off. He yeah. looks so badass. And I'm really excited about a futuristic spawn that takes place. So uh, maybe we could talk a little bit. I, I did read that you had met with Thomas Healy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, was it last year at Comic-Con? It was, uh, it was not this past New York Comic Con, but but last year, yeah. and we had met and Joe Prado, who um, is an artist and inker, um, yeah. and he works with Jay. Um, Joe had said, you know, if you're looking for some new blood for writing, um, talk to Erica, talk to a couple of people. Yeah. And so Thomas came by, and he was like, oh, you know, we're going to be doing some different things. We're going to be doing, uh, we're branching out and doing some new stuff. Mm-hmm. um maybe you could do something for scorched which is like um their team book yeah yeah or maybe you should do something you could do something for uh um for she spawn or whatever and i was like yeah you know we'll we'll, we'll figure something out and it had taken a bit because you know there's new york comic-con and then there's thanksgiving and then christmas and then like sort of everything sort of falls to the wayside yeah um so it took a couple months but we finally got on a zoom call and Thomas was like, yeah, you know, we could do this. We could do that. And again, this is like the universe just saying, "You, ha- this is what you're supposed to be doing. Because I, my mouth opened and words came out. It was just <laughs> like, what if we did something like way in the future, like 100 years into the future? And it was like the spawn wasn't dead, but, the, you know, we can bring in, you know, the sort of like corporate greed, um, you know, kind of like all technology kind of firm and just basically make it about, you know, the fact that corporations have taken over yeah, and gone sort of like a little bit transmetropolitan, but even farther than that. Mm. Um, and I, and, and he was just like, this is very interesting. Like we never really thought about this idea. So, so he said, you know, write up a pitch. Yeah. 
So I wrote, you know, two, three pages about it. And then we had a meeting with Todd and Todd was like, all right, tell me what you think. And again, my mouth opened, words came out. It was like an outer body, out of body experience. (laughs) And my brain was like, you're on a Zoom call with Todd McFarlane and you're just rambling. Like, do you understand what's happening here? Um, And Todd just sort of like kept nodding his head and he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, cool. And I think... And I'm sort of programmed to think of everything in anywhere from four to six issues. Like mm-hmm. tell your entire story in four to six issues, because in my mind, I'm never going to have a chance. I'm never going to get hired again. So yeah. Just tell that story. <laughs> um, so I said to Todd, I was like, well, he's like, well, how many issues do you uh, are you thinking this is going to be? And I said, well, how many how many do you want? He's like, well, how many do you need? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, how many do you need to tell the story that you want to tell? I was like, oh, I could probably do it in five or six issues. He goes, okay, can you do it in five or six issues or do you need eight issues? Mm. And I said, well, you know, I can do it in however many you want. He's like, that's not the question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was probably, I mean, no shade to anybody, but it was very interesting that he, that he was approaching it as, Erica, yeah. what is it that you feel that you need to tell the story to the best of its ability? Do you need five issues? Do you need 12 issues? And he kept saying, he's like, okay, so you could do it in eight. Could you do it in 12? Yeah. And I'm sitting here going, why does, why does he keep pushing it? Because as a, looking at me as a creator, he's like, I'm pushing. And he didn't say these words, but like, this is sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, where I was getting the feel from was that like, I'm pushing you to tell the story that you want to tell without the constraints that you are normally thinking of. Yeah. You know? Like Hollow's Eve, it's like, okay, you got five issues. You yeah. know, the Daredevil story that I'm doing, you got four issues. Right. Or the X23, you got five issues. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas he's like, wh- where do you want to take the story and how far do you think you can push it? Yeah. And I want you to push it farther. And I thought that that was really very cool. Yeah. yeah. And it was probably one of the first times that um, uh, someone of his caliber was like, no, push yourself harder. You can, you can do more with this. Yeah. And so... I had only come into this meeting with one arc pitch yeah. mm-hmm. and thinking again, you know, four to six issues. And he's like, our next meeting, I want to see a second arc. I want to see you outline a second arc for me. That's cool. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So I outlined a second arc and I sent it to Thomas and Thomas had it for less than a day. And he's like, yeah, I think Todd kind of wants an ongoing from you. And I was like, wait, <laughs> where did that come from (laughs) that is so awesome though and i was like okay and he's like yeah he's thinking like a minimum of like 30 issues and my brain has just (laughs) you know and prior to that um the longest i mean i had done m3 which was uh 12 issues which is two Uh story arcs and then everything else was these short stories uh i had a story with dark horse called uh forgotten home which was eight issues it was one arc but it was eight issues and uh and i was now and now like i have to think in a completely different way yeah and i think that it's 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 a challenge Mm -hmm. and at the same time it's like it's a challenge that i'm like dreading but also (laughs) that i'm like really really excited about yeah yeah so I, no, it's, I'm excited it's really for the first time I'm hearing that this is going to be a little bit longer than I was thinking it was going to be too. So that's yeah. Awesome. I mean, the first arc uh, is 
I, I'm working on finishing the script for issue four, but I'm kind of simultaneously writing mm -hmm. for uh, four, five, and six at the same okay. time. Okay. So I so I'm sort of going back and forth between the three, uh, and and I I only have like three or four more pages to issue four to to finish. Mm -hmm. And um, and I'm and I'm kind of looking at this. Okay, like all right, once six ends, where are we gonna go? Like where what where's seven gonna start? Yeah. And it's to the point where it's like you know, like I'm writing, I always print my, my notes out and then I'm like writing, you know, notes in the margins and like issue six, issue seven, I'll start here and blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. So I'm just sort of trying to remember to transcribe everything <laughs> into the computer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I still write everything in notebooks. Yeah. And, you know, I keep telling myself like, you have to sit down, you have to put it in the computer because you're not going to like, you know, this isn't the typewriter days, you know? <laughs> um, but but yeah i mean it's 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 really exciting it's exciting and scary as all hell but it, it is it's very exciting and the fact that i've been given that leeway and the fact yeah. that he has enough faith in me and, and in the work um i think is really it, it's a hell of a boost especially someone of his caliber you know yeah i mean Look at my background. I'm a, I'm yeah. a, I'm a Todd McFarlane fan. I have been my whole life. So like since the nineties for sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is so cool that uh, you've been given that kind of trust. Um, Cause I, I think that also, I mean, you tell me, but I, my, if that happened to me, I would feel like that creative freedom would be able to flow um, a lot easier than without those constraints, right? It seems like whatever you need, just take it and tell a really good story as opposed to fit everything you can in five issues because that's all you're getting. Um, that's got to be an amazing feeling. I mean, wow, that's so cool. It is because like the, I, I, as I'm writing, you know, four, five, six, uh -huh. I was saying to myself, you know, you have to give yourself time now. You don't yeah. have to rush anything. Yeah. So yeah. where six ends, if if this was the only six issues, then where six ends, people are going to be like, what the actual hell? Yeah. So I'm like forcing that. I like yeah. I, I'm basically saying, all right, you told me I have plenty of room. Yeah. So I'm taking the room like you're not you can't cancel like this. You're scared to go issues. to a seventh issue, right? <laughs> like, I was like, you can't cancel this after six yeah. issues because you're not going to answer like you're going to answer like one out of like 10 questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's that's actually something that I try and do in terms of storytelling. And that was something that, that I used to tell the students is that like yeah. every issue you need to ask two questions and at the end you need to answer one, but then mm -hmm. continue asking more. So yeah. yes, there are questions that are answered in each issue, yeah. but there are more and more questions that, that start building up. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not just, and, and, when you think about it, we're, you know, Jay and I are not just introducing this character. Yeah. We're introducing this world. Yeah. And, and the world is totally different. You know, like the story starts in uh, uh, 2107, mm. you know, so the world is completely different. The technology is different, but something that is sort of ubiqu ubiquitous is mm -hmm. you know humans and greed and yeah. you know sort that of future uh, doesn't change much even after 100 yeah. years <laughs> you know and that's and that's kind of the thing is like this idea of you know we can jump you know 90 years into the future but some of the things are still going to stay the same agree um for good or for ill yeah yeah no fully agree you know I I could share this only because it's on the internet. So obviously we don't want to give anything away, right? But it follows Peter. Is it Karen? Karn? Karen. 
Yeah. Cameron. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's missing legs. He was in the military, right? Um, and so he's an amputee and he gets these legs that have the nanites from 301, right? Spawn 301 when, uh, yeah. So, I mean, th that is also very unique and completely different than anything that's happened in Spawn as well. Can you share a little bit how you came up with that? Because that is super different from so, the work, uh, Todd's created. So one of the things that I was told when sort of like working this out was do something Todd can't do himself. Yeah. And I, and first of all, I'm like, what can't he do? <laughs> um, but you know, this, this idea of, I wanted to, I wanted to really lean on some ideas that people sort of, sort of forget. So mm. like my dad was a Vietnam veteran and oh. he, he had PTSD. My mm. grandfather was a world war II veteran and an amputee. Yeah. So, um, like I always joked, like I always knew grandpa is only having one and a half legs, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, and and so this idea of sort of combining, yeah, um, you know, experiences that I have with these type with these people, yeah. and you know, finding a way to uh, to put it into the future. So Peter and um, his best friend Reese, who mm -hmm. we're gonna who we're gonna meet in the second issue, or mm -hmm. we meet him in the first issue because we start we see where Peter loses his legs and where Peter where Reese loses his hands. Okay. So they they get fitted with these um with these prosthetics that have nanites. Now when Al Simmons uh it, it's called the necroplasmic detonation, but I I call it the god bomb. Yeah, um, that's so, a better easier to remember for sure. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so three hundred three hundred one when Al blows everything up. Yeah. Um, that explosion ripples across space and time. Oh, wow. It ripples across every timeline. It ripples across, you know, the future, the past, everything. Yeah. And that's really the catalyst for this because Peter and the nanites in his legs are infected yeah. by this God bomb. And that's where, you know, because the old lore was you couldn't be a spawn unless you were dead. And then right. they changed that. And then you had other people that were spawned, but Peter's not dead, but he is a spawn. Right. Because now he is in, he has not only these things in his legs, but he also has, you know, the essence of heaven, of hell, of Al Simmons yeah. himself, you know, um, because and is he a descendant this... of Al at the same time, or I thought I no, read... he is not. Oh, okay, I thought I read who's, something. Who's right? saying he's a descendant of Al? He's not. A I descendant. thought I read that. I thought I read that online. No, maybe, maybe it was a that fan could... or something that I read. I don't know. It's a fan. No, that could be a fan theory. But no, as as of right now, we have we have no plans on making him a descendant of Al. Okay. Yeah. Will he go into the past to see Al? Maybe. Will Al come to the future to see Peter? Maybe. You know, okay. I've got I've got plenty of issues I got to fill out with stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not I'm not, you know, leaving anything off the table right now. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see. The other thing is that, like, you know, one of the things that made Al, you know, sort of like the rogue spawn was the fact that he had this sense of duty and such. Yeah. And Malaboja only saw mm -hmm. um the fact that he was a killer yeah, yeah that's all he saw he he didn't see you know al's mm -hmm. you know honor or anything else that's the only and, thing worth he saw right yeah exactly 
Mm-hmm. And so, and that's the only thing that made him worthy to sort of break free of clown and, and everybody mm-hmm. like that. And, yeah. and, and when you look at those early issues, when he's, you know, living in, um, in rat city with like Bobby and Bootsy and yeah. all of them, and, you know, they're all vets of Vietnam, vets yeah. of Korea, vets of, you know, Northern North Africa. Yeah. They are all, you know, the down and out. And that's where the, the title Rat City comes from, because that's the section of the Bowery that Al was the king of Rat City. Yeah, yeah, man. That's so um, awesome. So, yeah, so that's where it's sort of like we we went back and forth. Like, is it Cyberspawn? Is it this? And like and we kept going back and forth. And, and you know, my first couple of drafts would have Cyberspawn at the top because we didn't really didn't really know what the name was going to be. Yeah. And then we sort of came up with this like list that um I sent to Thomas in terms of like, what about this? What about this? And it was just like, you know, like word salad <laughs> of like, what could the time? One of the titles that we had talked about was Rat City. And um, and I think that's number 42 or 43 is when wow. it, it's first uh, referred to as Rat City. I have the giant fat spawn compendium. So it would be think- so cool. Like maybe after you get to like 30 and they can create like a compendium of the first 30, it would be really cool to have a list of all those names for fans to see what the, what it could have been called. Like it might, you might oh, not be that anytime soon, but it would be really fun just to see everything that you consider before you came to Rat City. Well, I will say this. One of the titles, and here's a scoop for you. One of the titles that I proposed was Adapt or Die. Adapt or Die. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> because that is the motto of uh, Peter's army unit. Oh, adapt, that's so adapt cool. Or die. That is so cool. And that's and that it. is a that is something that comes up, you yeah. know, when he and and his his uh, compatriot are think that they're dying they're like that's something that they keep trying to tell themselves yeah we're gonna get through this adapt or die kind of thing so yeah well i think a lot of like really true spawn fans that have read you know issues one to almost 350 right we're about to hit 350 once it once they see that name rat city which they all have by now they already are going to make that connection and know that's the right name so that's pretty cool yeah that's awesome and it's the section of the bowery that you know I, Which I, in every like even a hundred years, there's gonna be a rat city because of that nature we were talking about, right? Human yeah. nature, nothing's gonna change, and you're still gonna have people down and out. Yeah, and I mean, we were talking a lot about like Mega City One. Mm-hmm. We were talking a lot about um, like the the um, favelas in uh, Brazil yeah. and and in South America, you mm-hmm. know, where people are literally like stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about like even going way into the past, talking about like the tenements of the Bowery from yeah. you know the eight, the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, yeah. and such. So these were sort of um, all these ideas that we were sort of pulling from visually, and 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 you know, and everybody goes Blade Runner, and I get it, you know, <laughs> that's that's yeah. like that's the standard, and yeah. I and I'm not saying no to that. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Sid Mead's work on, yeah. on, on that. And, and, you know, Ralph McQuarrie's work on, um, on star Wars originally. Yeah. Um, and so like we, we started saying, okay, so there's that. And then there's Transmetropolitan that we can sort of look in sort of like the griminess of it. Mm. And um, there was a book that I had co-written with Van Jensen and uh, Anike was our artist and mm. um, it's called bylines and blood. And it's kind of, it sort of bridges the gap 
Uh, and it got to the point where I was actually, um, and I told Nikkei this and she was like blown away by this. I said, yeah, I, I was pulling pages from that that we had done um, as as reference mm. uh, uh, for Jay when looking at stuff. But yeah, I mean, very like Mega City One, yeah. you know, Judge Dredd kind of feel yeah. Yeah. and stuff um, where, you know, the rich people are like yeah. rich as hell. And yeah. that there's just this chasm between Huge people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so it's so sad. <laughs> I I want to think that that's not going to happen in 100 years, but I yeah, I think we all kind of know it will <laughs> because of human it, nature, right? Well, that's the thing is it's it's part of human nature, and mm. it's it's a tale. It literally is tales all this time. I mean, um, you know, there's the idea that there's only really seven stories ever written, mm. um. And one of them is rags to riches. And, you know, one of them is, you know, um, uh, the, the completion of the quest. Mm -hmm. uh, but this idea of somebody wanting more yeah. and uh, others having less, mm -hmm. that is something that you can trace yeah. 4,000 years ago. You know, when, when was, when was, was writing, uh, you know, a yeah. thing, yeah. you know, six, 6,500 years ago or whatever it was, that's, that's yeah. something that you can trace in any story. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the relationship between you and Shay and how that goes back and forth? Because a writer and an artist the artist really tells a big portion of the story as well as the writer, right? Because of the, um, because of, it's a comic book, right? So it's a visual. Yeah. Um, how, how does that dance kind of work between you two? Because you want to be on the same page. And as you're writing, right, the visual needs to help tell part of the story that you're just not able to tell because there's not enough room to write it down. Um, yeah. Can you kind of talk about how important that relationship is with an artist and a writer? Yeah, I mean, Jay is fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. He will send layouts. So I'll I'll write a full script. So mm -hmm. I'll have, you know, page and panel breakdowns. And and my sort of mantra with, with any artist is, look, if, if what I'm communicating in this page, you mm -hmm. can do in four panels, do it in four. If you need yeah. six, take six. Because mm -hmm. I, I write an average of five to six panels per page. Okay. Um, and I always say, you know, as long as the information is being communicated, mm -hmm. that's fine yeah. because, you know, everything has, you know, it's, it's on a specific page to, to go along with specific pacing. Right. Right. Um, and so what Jay does is he will do layouts, just really rough layouts just to show the basic storytelling. And we'll look at them and be like, okay, oh, wait, can you maybe do something like this here or Oh, um, that bit that I wrote in um, is is really important because it's you know three pages down it's going to yeah. come in, um, you know can you make sure that it's in the background there or something like that? Um, I was writing a scene where um, uh, earlier today where there's a particular item mm. that um, a, a character is going to pick up and make make note of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I wrote, you know, in the page before, like, can we make sure that this is in the background? Cause you see sort of this apartment and it's just like been ransacked. It's like, can you make sure we see this? Yeah. Because yeah. that's going to be important. They're going to make note of it. Um, and, and, you know, verbally and visually, um, okay. in the next page. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you start seeing like, once you sort of get on the same page with that, then it's a matter of, and Jay's doing everything digitally. So he mm. will, um, 
do send digital inks and then uh, we'll add some texture with mm. uh, with brushes and such. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're working with, uh, we're working to find a good colorist for this, somebody who they think can really like elevate it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, bouncing names around and stuff. And, mm. uh, and, and we really want somebody who can capture the same feel and the same grittiness but also in the sort of in sort of the rich realm, you you sort of see like everything is like almost clinical and sterile. Mm. And then you see like, you know, when you're in Rat City, like there's literally not an inch of place that doesn't have like some type of grime on it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Sounds uh, pretty challenging for an artist and a colorist, right? Yeah. And, and it's you awesome know, for a, a reader to be able to experience that, but it sounds like a lot of work. It is. And, and you know, we've we've bounced around a couple of names and um, obviously like it has to do with like people's schedules and right. such. Like you can't just be like, oh, so-and-so is going to work on this. No, because people have, you know, they have jobs that, that they're already committed to. Right. So it's a matter of like, you know, looking at someone's style, looking at what they think a page needs, what they think is going to elevate it. Because, and I've said this like 900 times, but like every comic should be like a good, like triple decker sandwich. Like you have a good script, good art, and then the coloring, everything just elevates yeah. it more and more and more yeah. um, to really make everything coalesce mm -hmm. and to make everything really come together and just present the best possible story to your audience yeah yeah that's so awesome can you also kind of talk to um peter's uniform and how that was designed was there a lot of back and forth as to like what you would like to see and then he just kind of went and took it to a like a whole nother level like how did that work because it's pretty awesome i i gave very minor notes in terms of like the uniform like we wanted it to be tactical we wanted peter in terms of body type not to be this like brutish kind of guy we wanted mm -hmm. him to be a little more lithe a little more like daredevil yeah yeah um in terms of you know not being like the triangle chest you yeah. know like the giant like the giant superman chest kind of thing yeah. um and so we talked about that. We talked about like things being tactical. We talked about things being practical, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I mean, we always think the nineties, 900 pouches and everything. <laughs> the um, it's like, pouches, yes. <laughs> and this one's for my Tic Tacs, you know, yeah. this one's for my chapstick, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But like, yeah. if you're, if you're a soldier, you're going to want, you know, this is going to be where I keep extra clips and this is where I'm going to have an emergency MRE. And this is, you know, and this is where I'm going to have bandages because everybody's got to have bandages on them. Yeah. Um, even if you're not the medic in the, um, in, in the unit. Right. So, uh, so we, we sort of, each member of the team has a very similar outfit, yeah. but it's, it's a little tweaked to them specifically. Mm. Uh, and I mentioned even, um, I mentioned aliens, you know, the, the Marines from aliens um, yeah, and yeah. everything. So I said, you know, that's, but but make it practical right yeah um and so that sort of became the uniform that he came up with and the color scheme and everything we wanted it to be you know dark grays not everything black but dark grays yeah. with like red um with little uh red hints mm -hmm. to sort of homage the original spawn yeah and then also uh when he has his prosthetic legs 
you see he's got these, you know, kind of tubes and and the way the leg is uh is positioned and how it's you know sort of almost like the heel and the back of the uh calf like don't match there's like a little space there and everything yeah. so i i went and i just went crazy looking at different you know types of prosthesis yeah and yeah yeah but i mean this is way, way, this is literally light years from my, what I used to call my grandfather's mannequin leg. Yeah. You know, like this is like light years I from know. that, you know, compared it's to like, like what he had, like that yeah. literally a plastic, like from the VA. Yeah. Um, And so we, you know, Jay really just blew it out of the water with yeah. all of it. And it's not just, um, and it's not just Peter who is an amputee. I mean, there's mm. Reese and there are other people right. amputees as right. well. So, mm -hmm. so he has, he's designed arms, he's designed legs, he's designed, you know, and everything. And it's, it's really cool looking. It really is. And if anything, this is just going to be a really cool looking book. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it's going to be amazing. I, I'm really, really excited about it. So you're, you're you know, three or four uh, books in, um, does this launch in January? Is that when we expect issue one or um, spring for a date yet? Oh, just spring. Okay. Yeah, spring yeah. is what, is what we're saying. Cause yeah. we're still looking for colorists. Yeah. Um, and I know that, I mean, me personally, I like to have a couple of books in the bank before oh, yeah. launching just in general. Yeah. Um, I know that that's not always, um, it's not always possible on a, like a Marvel schedule. Sometimes you got to like rush things out. Yeah. Um, but I, I just for my comfortability, I'd love to get like three, four done. And then we launch um, because I know Jay's working on the second issue now. Yeah. Um, he had done, he had done some, and he was, he's been doing a bunch of spawn covers as well. He's been doing gunslinger covers and stuff oh, um, in between. So. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow, Erica, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that is, I can't wait for it to come out. I'm super excited for you two to get that opportunity to have a, a book that goes beyond the 12. I think that's going to be awesome yeah. for you as well. Um, scary, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, scary, yeah, scary as hell, but uh, I mean, you're working on Spawn, so it should be scary as hell, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So how often are you going back and forth with Tom, um, Healy or Todd as far as how things are going? And uh, is there still a lot of communication or it's already over with? And now you're you're really just no. in the grind, kind of going through everything because it's no, all there's a there's still a lot of communication because I, I always send outlines and I always want to okay. make sure that I'm on the same page. And once the once the outlines get approved, then oh. then I sort of like go off on my own. Yeah. And, and do the scripts and such. So just before New York, mm. I had already finished the script for three. Yeah. And I had sent the outlines for four, five, six. And then uh, Tom and I had a had a meeting at New York. Yeah. And we were discussing stuff. And he's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. Now four, five, and six, just tweak those outlines. And now I'm off to, you know, do the writing of it. Because those are now, like, those are pretty much set. And yeah. if something comes up and they want to change, just, you know, shoot me an email or like Tom's always quick to pick up the phone kind of thing and be like, hey, can we maybe do this or maybe move this to the next issue or something like that? OK, sure. Um, and then this way uh, and then, you know, when it comes to seven through 12, yeah. I have an idea. I don't have it fully fleshed out what's going to happen. But right. then I'll just say, OK, this is my idea through seven through 12. And then yeah. I'll break it down, you know, issue seven, issue eight and so on and then get those um 
and get those approved. And then once they're approved, again, I'll just go up into my little corner <laughs> and do the writing and then come back. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, Todd has released um, some information for a few books that are coming next year. Um, I can't think of all of them off the top of my head, but I, I'm really excited about Sam and Twitch too. But you're the first one where they've really kind of blown it out there and uh, got Spawn fans pretty excited. I don't know if you're aware, but the first ever Spawn Con just happened this last weekend in Denver. Did I you heard. think about it a little bit? I I heard that it was happening. Yeah. Um. I And some people have sent me some shots from it. Oh, good. And, I'm glad you knew about it. Yeah. And I was just like, that's just, it's insane. I mean, it's great. Oh, I so think amazing. it's great. Yeah. And I, part of me is kind of like, why haven't they had a spawn con? Yeah. You know, and going on 33 years, why hasn't there been a spawn con? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I have one person um, that I think you should follow on Instagram, and he goes by Spawn Hunter, if you're not okay. already following him. And his okay. name is Ty. And it was a whole team that put SpawnCon together. And Ty is one of those individuals that was part of that. He lives outside of Denver. That's why it was in Denver, because a lot of these Spawn fans that put SpawnCon together is there. An amazing human being, just a super awesome guy. He has the most insane collection of Spawn items you will ever see. And they're from all over the world. He has wow. stuff from Peru, from Japan, from Germany, all Spawn, comic books. He owns every Spawn figure ever created from 1990, what was it, 93? Four is when he started um, the toys all yeah. the way till now. I mean, he has a whole like section of the house that is a spawn room that is insane. So you should really check it out because um, Peter eventually will be a figure. And that oh, will I know. Hurt. I mean, that's what I'm oh, super yeah. excited about. <laughs> As you're telling me all these things, I'm listening to these names and I'm, I'm just waiting for Todd to come out and say, you know, here's Peter, uh, you know, rat cyber spawn. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that was, that's pretty much what I'm, what I'm waiting for. Um, they had this announced, is why I did, right. This is why I wrote this for that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, they just announced that Hallow's Eve is getting an action figure yes, from Marvel just Legends. Ordered today, actually, from Entertainer. So, yeah. So I'm already like, ah, Yeah, I saw figure. your post about it. Did you order it? Uh, I did not. My husband ordered it. Because oh, I said, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to order it. I was like, oh, I, I'm going to see if they, I'm, I'm going to see if they send me one. And my husband's yeah. like, we're going to order one. It's yeah, fine. just in case. Well, let's order Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Uh, you know th those comps are, are a little late Erica sometimes. is in like three years you get one from marvel <laughs> just probably. the follow that every two years they contact you <laughs> probably well i mean like i i made a joke that like now, now that i'm doing the daredevil miniseries i yeah. i made the joke of like don't not call me you know for another three years please because <laughs> <laughs> i because i really do have some ideas here yeah yeah, um, yeah. so as you know, we have Rat City. It's going to come out in the spring. But what do you have going on from here up up until that point? Because obviously you're still doing a lot of things with Marvel. Um, yes. We were talking, you know, a little bit about November, December. Can you kind of share with us what's going on up until that point that fans could get excited about? So November, we've got the end of November. I think the 29th is Marvel Zombies Black, right, Black White, and Blood, uh -huh. uh, number two. Yeah. You have Daredevil Gang War number one is in December and then January, February, March for those. Yeah. And uh, there's another Marvel one shot that they are going to be announcing soon. Nice. Knock on wood. 
yeah. um, that's going to be coming out. And Rat City will be starting in the spring, which I'm very, very excited about. Yes. Um, and uh, and I'm working on the second volume of uh, an independent work called Christabel. We did volume one on uh, on Kickstarter earlier this year. I'm working on the script for volume two. Really? And uh, yeah, those are um, each volume is 60 pages. Oh, wow. Uh, so-, so they take they take a bit. It's not like just writing a quick 20, 20 page script. So, yeah, <laughs> each volume is 60 pages. Wow. Um, so I have to coordinate with Amogoya Aguirre, who is the fantastic artist on that. Um, just to make sure that the schedule is open and when uh, they can start working on that. Oh, cool. And uh, and yeah, well, I mean, we'll see what else, you know, Marvel has for me. I know a lot of people really love Hollow's Eve and oh, yeah. uh, Hollow's Eve, the big night uh, just came out yeah. um, the one shot. And uh, we get to see Captain Eve uh, yeah. when Hollow's Eve puts on the Captain America costume, Mike yes. Dowling kicked ass on that <laughs> design and brian reber just really killed it with the colors yeah. so i was really excited um to, I, I you know i would love to see a captain eve yeah. as well like i the hollows eve from marvel legends is great i want to see captain eve although <laughs> i've already looked at my husband's captain britain and i've sort of found a way that i could maybe uh customize her Get around into, it, yeah. <laughs> into a captain eve so i'm pretty excited about that. that yeah <laughs> that is super exciting. I mean, the Hollow's Eve one, um, I was just glad it was still available because I, I do think that one, um, and then there was a, a Spider-Man one, not the Ben Riley, but the other one that I think are going to go really fast in the, he has like a hoodie on. I don't know if you saw that legend. Oh yeah. There's, it's like Spider-Man, the last shot or something. Yeah, something like that. I, I have yeah. a feeling those two, the Hollow's Eve and that one will go pretty fast just because the style of clothing that he's wearing. Yeah. Uh, just could put him in all kinds of cool uh, positions and stuff on, on YouTube and all that other stuff. So, but yeah, I, I got, I think I picked up four today. $100 was my limit for today. So I have to be careful because I have some um, some stuff that I ordered. You know, every uh, Todd is killing me right now. And uh, either I'm going to get divorced or go bankrupt. But he's been he's been dropping figure after figure after figure this and year. And they're all amazing. And they're all amazing. So I can't yeah. say no. I, I don't I'm not a completionist. I don't have to have everything that he does. So um, when he comes out with a Lobo and I already have a Lobo that I just got, I don't need the second Lobo, but then he puts it with the Lobo hog and the guitar and the dog. So now I need it. And so I'm trying to explain to my wife, it has things that I don't have. And that's why I need a second Lobo. Right. So she just shakes her head. She's, she's you know, you could always do, you can always, I mean, like if you, there's a good resale market, you could always turn around and say, okay, I will, I will make a deal with you. I will sell the Lobo that I have. Yeah. to subsidize the new look. I mean, my husband is a huge Transformers fan. Oh, and yeah. I keep saying, like, do we need seven, <laughs> twelve, nine hundred Optimus Primes? Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe oh, you can sell one think. Optimus Prime. Don't sure. tell me you have the one that transforms. I just got one. I don't know where my box is, but I just got the Lego one. I don't know if oh. you've seen the Lego one. It's uh, yeah. 13 inches. And then it transforms too once it's built, but it's a Lego. It's a crazy. And so I, I just finished, uh, I did a live last night and I finished his eyes, which is step one. So now I got to do step two. But yeah, I, <laughs> you got to let him know. It's at Target on sale, just so you know. Oh my God. Well, his birthday's coming up in a couple of weeks. So maybe, oh, I'll, maybe I'll yeah. get that for him. Yeah, very cool. So you can see my issue. She, she goes, it's not just one thing. You say it's one thing. It's not one thing. 
So. Yeah, well, that's the thing is like it was just Transformers and now it's the G.I. Joe of Classified yes. and <laughs> it's uh, all of the um, the reissue, the filmation reissues of uh, of uh, Masters of the Universe. Oh, yeah. And there's and a lot of them, too, by the way. There's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's the and then the Marvel Legends. And, and I'm like, <laughs> I was like, really, really? <laughs> so i mean i'm the type of person where i can fit my life in a lot in in like a bag yeah yeah so for me it's like literally just like grab the cat put it in the bag my laptop and like a few good. pairs of clean underwear and i'm good <laughs> yeah. you know, you know? It's, it's i'm like that with like clothing and stuff like that but when it comes to like the collection i just can't stop it's just it's an addiction I just love it. I mean, I know a lot of people go crazy with the pops. I I only have a couple of them. The I will say my I have three custom pops for um the deadliest bouquet, which was the book that I had done for Image, and it's about these three sisters. Oh wow! Uh, who are that. yeah? It's three estranged sisters uh, who hate each other uh, come together after their mom's murder, and they have to solve solve their mom's murder before the cops do. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it that's takes place in nineteen ninety eight. So uh, this phenomenal guy named Viet um, had done, he does custom pops. And so I had him do each one of the sisters um, for the, for the custom pops. Yeah. Which was very, very cool. Well, Erica, I mean, is there anything else that we're missing that you want to share? Like what else have we not talked about that you got coming up or, or did we pretty much cover everything? I would say the only thing that people should run out and buy is uh, Hallow's Eve, the big night. Yeah. The Hollow's Eve trade paperback is out. Um, and if you missed it when it first came out, the Deadliest Bouquet trade paperback is out from Image. Nice. Um, and uh, there is a Spawn uh, There is a spawn variant cover in that. So really? check it out. Yes, because the last issue came out last December and anyone who had an Image book had permission to do a Spawn variant. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. We'll definitely look that up and make sure I got that in my collection. So Awesome. Well, Erica, I can't tell you how much um, I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully it was enjoyable for you. It definitely was. I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm hoping we could do this again, especially maybe in the spring after you're a couple issues and you're not too. Uh, Yeah. um, Just to kind of see. I'll still be nervous about it. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I mean, uh, that that just means you care. And I think that's pretty cool. But uh, we're super excited about Rat City and everything else that's going on in Image Comics. Uh, um yeah image has uh, meant a lot to me my uh since the 90s so I'm, I'm super excited to see how strong it is today but uh thank you so much thank you. Erica. really appreciate thank you for having me on too i mean it's it's always great to talk about the medium and like yeah. everybody love you know the love that everybody has for this medium 100 percent, yeah well until next time erica i hope you have an amazing week and uh, we'll talk very soon all right take care